0: Hello, everyone. Hey, welcome to Summit Church Fenton. Hey, this is our uh, Wednesday online Bible study, and this is June the 17th. And uh, I tell you what, the weather sure has been pretty lately and uh, just, just a pretty time of the year. Hey, uh, let's get right into the uh, in, into the session here today. We've been talking about for the last couple of Wednesdays on why the devil doesn't flee. And um, if you've missed any of our last sessions, I'd recommend that you go back and listen to them. Uh, It'd be helpful for you, and you'll better be able to follow along with what what I'm talking about today. But again, why the devil doesn't flee, the answer, as we've we've shown, is in James 4-7, the Bible says, submit yourself to God then resist the devil and he'll flee from you. And the reason the devil doesn't flee uh, from us when we resist him is because we're not submitted to God. And so if you want the devil to flee when you resist him, you need to submit yourself to God. And of course, I've given you the definition of submission. It's uh, it, it's a yielding of yourself to someone else's authority, okay? And, and I brought out how submission can And often does cause a suffering on the flesh. And what I mean by that is no one, you know, we don't like, no one likes to submit to somebody else's authority. Okay. You know, we we all kind of like to have things our own way, do things our own way, but, uh, uh, but that's not God's way. God has set up a system, uh, a structure of authority and we need to find our place in that. And then be submitted to the people that God tells us to be submitted to. And remember, uh, and of course, when we do that, that can cause us suffering on our flesh, you know. But uh, so we've talked about all of that. And every Christian I've ever talked to, they've said when I've asked them, you know, when I've asked them on this subject, you know, hey, uh, do you want to be submitted to God? They all say, well, yes. And many say that they are submitted to God, but yet they resist the devil and he never flees from them. And, of course, the question is, is why is that? And uh, many Christians think they're submitted to God, but they really are not. And, um, you know, it, it it comes down to this. To be submitted to God, one must be submitted not only to what he says in his word. Now, all of us have no trouble submitting to what God says in his word, okay, but he also tells us in his word that there are people that we need to be submitted to, and what happens is, is when those people who God tells us to be submitted to, when they when they ask us to do something that that we don't want to do, now that's a, a little different thing, okay. So every Christian wants to be submitted to God. But will you be submitted to the people that God tells you to submit to? And, and that's where the rub comes in. That's where the problem it's, it's Again, I want to say it. You know, Christians will say, yes, I want to be submitted to God. Sure. But what happens when someone that God told you to be submitted to in his word Tells or asks you to do something that you don't want to do. Now that's when we find out ultimately whether or not you're submitted to God. Okay. Because to not submit to that person God tells you to be submitted to, ultimately you're not being submitted to God. Okay. You resist the devil, he won't flee. But if you will be submitted to the people that God tells you to submit to, then you're ultimately being submitted to God. And then when you resist the devil, he will flee. Okay. So, uh, so we've talked about all that, just a little review here I'm doing uh, to get us going here today. Remember the safeguard and all of this. Uh, You know, this is not about God setting people up over us to be our lords and masters and to beat us over the head and that sort of thing. God has set good Godly authority, good structure over us, really for our safety and to help us. You see what I'm saying? And, uh, but, but unfortunately, there are people that God, you know, he'll, he'll put in authority, but yet those people being human, they sometimes will let that authority go to their head, take things too far and their humanity comes out and they, Become dictatorial, you know, and that's unfortunate, but it happens. And the safeguard that God has built into this this good structure, godly structure, system, authority system that He's given us is this: is that you know we ought to obey God rather than man. So if a, a person, even someone God tells you to be submitted to, if they you know, miss it, mess up and tell you to do something or ask you to do something that's out of line with the word of God, then you shouldn't obey that person. You ought to obey God rather than man. Okay, so we've talked about all of that. And again, I brought out this, that one does not find out whether that, you know, whether they're submitted, you know, until a point of disagreement comes up. And and it's not until that point of disagreement comes up that we really find out whether or not we're submitted to God or or his authority structure. As long as everybody's agreeing on everything, then submission is not really tested. But submission gets tested when there's a point of disagreement. And then at that point of disagreement, you know, when God or someone he tells us to be submitted to asks or tells us to do something, that we disagree with, then we find out whether or not we're really submitted to God. And, and if we are submitted to God, we follow their direction. Then we can resist the devil, and he'll flee. If we, you know, disagree with 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 uh, the person that's over us, you know, that God has put over us, and we disagree, and and we have the attitude, "Well, I'm gonna just I'm not gonna listen to them. I'm gonna just I'm just not gonna listen to them. I'm gonna just." Go and do what I want to do, you know. Well, then you're not being submitted to God's structure, and the devil will not flee when you resist him. Okay, so that's 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 review. Uh, but again, repetition is the seed of learning. That's helpful to review. Now, last session, I began going over the people that God, you know, from the word of God, the people who God tells us to be submitted to. And so I'll, I'll not go over that list with you. we started it last time. you can go to the last session and and get that but um, so we start so I started listing those, those different groups of people and uh, but uh, um, you know I was I was thinking after I uh, taught the last session last week you know my lesson in submission actually began many years ago with my mother. And my dad, of course, he, he died when I was seven years old. And so my mother raised me and, uh, I learned submission, you know, with, with my mom. Now, of course, when I was younger, you know, <laughs> and she asked me to do or tell me to do something, you know, and I remember like, I didn't want to go to school. I didn't want to, I remember, uh, first grade. I, I wanted to no, know. Uh, no, I guess it was second. Well, first grade, second grade, one, somewhere in there. I didn't want to go, and so I would, uh, I would, <laughs> you know, so I tell the teacher I, I don't feel good, and then she'd send me to the nurse, and then they'd call my mom, and so the first day my mom came up and got me, and uh, and and okay, so I came home and kind of laid down, and but then the next day went through the same thing. And so she, she was wise to what I was doing. She, she realized what I was doing. And so she, uh, I remember she made me, uh, sit in my room and look out the window all day, just look out at the grass grow. That, that wasn't any fun. And then, and then she had this other thing she'd tell me. She, she'd say if I didn't follow her directions that she was going to uh, have Dr. Eisenbart take his uh, six inch shot needle and give me a shot in the backside. You know, if I'm that sick, we're going to go to see Dr. Eisenbart. I was going to get a shot in the backside with a six inch needle. (laughs) I I didn't want any part of that. So I, I began submitting to my mom, you know, and I was younger and there was really no Dr. Eisenbart, but, but that was her technique or method of getting me to submit to her. So, so that's all kind of fun, but, I remember when I was in uh in high school. I guess I was a senior in high school and the only time my mother ever got called uh to to school because I was in trouble. You know, I I went to, I was in the Rockwood school system from kindergarten to senior high. I went to Eureka High School and uh the only time my mother ever got called in because I was in trouble was because I was, I was preaching the gospel, you know, in the school and telling people about the Lord in this one class, this math class I was in, this teacher wanted no part of it. And, uh, I was zealous, you know, just excited about sharing Jesus with everybody. And, and he called my mother, he called her in. I guess there's worse things you could get in trouble for than preaching the gospel at school. Uh, but anyway, that's what I was doing that I got in trouble for, <laughs> I got in trouble for preaching the gospel at school. And uh, they called my mother in. And so, uh, the Dr. Eisenbart wasn't going to work anymore at that age on me. So, uh, she told me, she said, you know, and she was a Christian. She loved the Lord. She, she said, now look, you know, when you go into that class, you do math and, uh, you, 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 just don't preach the gospel in there. And um, and so so but I started. I, so I had to submit to her authority. And, and that's where I first really began, you know, to understand this submission to authority. And and then some years later, I remember I worked at a golf course, you know, and, and, and the guys wanted to go out afterwards to the bar. And so I called my mother on the phone because we didn't have cell phones. You know, I went to the wall and got the phone off the wall and called her on the phone and said, mom, I want to go to the bar. She said, you want to go where? <laughs> I said, "I want to go to the bar. Never been to one. I want guys are going. I'd like to just go see what it's all about. And she said, you're not going to the bar. And I said, yes, I am. And she said, no, you're not. And I said, yes, I am. She said, no, you're not. And, so I said, yes, I am. She said, well, when you get home, all your clothes, everything you own is going to be sitting on the front porch. And that's the end. You can't live with me anymore. That's over. It's over. You know, this was what I guess I was in my, I, I don't know, 19, 20 years old, whatever it was. And so I, there again, a point of disagreement. And uh, thank God I submitted to her authority. Thank God I did. I probably would have wound up being a drunk if I would went to the bar. She kept me from it. Thank God for my mom and and thank God that she she exercised her authority and I submitted to it. She used to always say she'd keep an eye on. She was keeping an eye on me, you know, and and she always did. And and uh, she's in heaven now, but she always she always was looking over my shoulder, keeping an eye on me. And I'm so glad that she was. In fact, she's in heaven now. There's a picture of her right up there. And she's still <laughs> she's. He's keeping an eye on me while I'm preaching to you, okay? So anyway, but submission to authority, we need to find out who we're supposed to be submitted to and then be submitted to them. And brought out last week that we're supposed to be submitted to our parents, okay? And uh, and uh, so that was one of the people on the list we're supposed to be submitted to. And uh, remember I brought out last week that this whole thing of submission really uh, – um the Bible says we're supposed to be submitted to one another and uh and and if we just all remember that, this is not about you know certain people having the lordship over the rest of us, and they're just cracking the whip over our over our you know heads and making us do whatever they want, like you know like puppets on a string. It's not about that, it's a structure God's put in place for the safety and protection of us all. Okay, and so uh, but but we're supposed to have an attitude of submission to one another. So even people who have authority, who God has placed in authority. They should have an attitude about them, that they should have a humbleness about them. And and submission is all about humility. It's all about humility. Okay, but even people who are in authority should have this attitude about them that I'm going to have a submissive, humble attitude towards the people who are under me. And my goodness, if if people in authority would just have that attitude about them, the, the whole submission and authority thing would, would just go so much easier. But sad to say, some people that God puts in authority, that authority goes to their heads and they, they begin to act like lords and masters, and they begin to rule over people with a rod of iron type thing, you know, mentality. And, and uh you know, only Jesus gets to rule with a rod of iron, the Bible says, but you know what? It's okay when he does it because he's benevolent and he's good and gracious and he doesn't abuse his authority. Some people abuse their, their authority. And again, we're supposed to obey God rather than man. We've already brought that out. But if people, who are in authority would just not abuse it and just have this attitude. Hey, you know, I've, I've got to, I've got to have a, a, a submitted heart even towards the people that are under me, like employers, if they would just all have this attitude about their employees that the Bible says I need to be, you know, have a submissive attitude towards the people working for me. You know, that doesn't mean they're still not the boss. It doesn't mean they still can't, you know, tell their employees what to do and all of that, you know, within this scope and the realm of the job. But it's all about attitude. It's all about humility. And so if the people in authority, as well as the people who are under authority, would all just be humble and have an attitude of submissiveness to one another, this whole thing would go a whole lot easier, this whole thing of submission to authority, okay? Again, you show me someone who is not submitted to godly authority, I'll show you a rebellious person okay? Rebellious people are not submitted people, okay? Now, having said all that, let's pick up with being submitted. I've got two more groups to go through. First group is being submitted to spiritual authority, like a pastor or a local church, and then the last subject is husbands and wives, okay? And that's really a, a, that's really a, a big one that we need to talk about. So let's get into spiritual leaders. Hebrews 13, 17, Hebrews 13, Let me get situated in my chair here. Hebrews 13, 17. Let's talk about being submitted to spiritual leaders. God tells us we're supposed to be submitted to our spiritual leaders. Okay. So in Hebrews 13, 17, Hebrews 13, 17. Uh, New Living Translation says this, obey your spiritual leaders. Um, Other translations say submit to or be submissive to your spiritual leaders. Uh, I think one translation says to be submissive to those who have the rule over you. Um, We could say be yielded to your spiritual leaders. Submission means to yield. Okay. And do what they say. And again, as long as they're not telling you to do anything that's out of line with the Bible. Okay? Do what they say. Their work. We're talking about pastors now. We're talking about ministers of the gospel. Okay? Okay? Ministers of the gospel. And and in this setting, primarily pastors. Okay. Um, There's... Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, you know, but primarily in this setting of submission and authority, the, the pastor is the, is, is what primarily we're talking about because people are among the pastor and that's the main area where this, this subject comes up. So it says, uh, obey your spiritual leaders or listen to and yield to, be submissive to your pastor. Do what they say. Now watch this. Their work is to watch over your souls. Now we're talking about a good godly pastor here now. His work is to watch over your soul and they are accountable to God. See, Good, good godly leadership is also under authority, under God's authority. And, and like myself as a pastor, Uh, As I watch over the flock that God has given me, the people uh, of the church, many of you listening to me, uh, my work is to watch over your soul. I'm, I'm accountable to God. And then the Bible says, give them, give the pastor, give the minister reason to do this With joy, what do what? To watch over your soul. Give them reason to do it with joy and not with sorrow. What does that mean? Well, people that are always bucking authority, bucking authority, bucking authority. They don't make a pastor's job very easy and very much fun. Uh, You know... There's nothing wrong if somebody doesn't understand why a leader's doing something for them to ask a question or to give a comment. That's all good. That's all healthy. But you know what I'm talking about. That this people just bucking us always always bucking the system, always bucking authority, always just, you know, blah, 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 blah. That kind of stuff. Um that makes a pastor's job not very joyful. Okay. So it says, give them reason to. To do their pastoral work with joy and not with sorrow and that would certainly not be for your benefit is what the Bible says what does that mean? I believe what that means is that if you make your pastor's life miserable it's not going to be to your benefit and I personally believe that uh, ultimately, ultimately what that means is you're going to have to give an account of your lack of submissiveness to God, to the Lord Jesus at the judgment seat of Christ one day. Okay, I believe that I firmly believe that the way people treat their pastors is going to be something that Jesus looks at, at the judgment seat of Christ when people's works are tried by fire. Okay. So, so, you know, be good to your pastor, be nice to your pastor. And, and the people that att- attend Summit Church in this hour, you you, you, you are, you're great people. Okay. I appreciate it. But I've had some over the years that have not <laughs> made my job, my, my calling, my job too much fun, but most of them have, most of you have. Yes, you have, but I've had a few that haven't. Okay. So, uh, so, so, so be good to your pastor and uh, it'll, it'll, it'll be good for you. Okay. Now, uh, let me just say, read from my notes here, you know, you should want to be submitted to your pastor. I mean, you should, you should want to be submitted to your pastor. But here's the thing. You need to seek God and find out where God wants you to be going to church. You need to be sure that, you know, and, I'm, and I realize people that are listening to me now are members of Summit Church, but we've got a lot of people that listen that don't come to Summit Church. And that's great. Glad to have you. Glad you're listening in. But, you know, God has a pastor for everybody, okay, at a local church, somewhere where you go to locally on a regular weekly basis. God, I've said this for years, he's got a local church for everybody, a pastor for everybody. And you cannot be in the perfect will of God for your life if you're not hooked up to a good local church with a good pastor. And you need to seek God and find out where that church is, okay? It's, it's, it's your responsibility to do that. God will lead you and guide you in that. But here's the thing. If you know that you are at the church that God wants you to be at, you know that. You know that you know that, you know that. you've got that peace in your heart that this is where God has set me. And I'm gonna stay there and I'm not leaving till God tells me to leave. You know, I'm not gonna leave just the first time I disagree with the pastor, or I'm not gonna just, you know, that kind of thing, but I'm gonna stay here just this is where God set me. Uh, if you know that in your heart, then when the pastor says or does things, you know, or makes a decision and Do maybe move the church this way a little bit or that way a little bit, as long as it's not violating the Bible. Then when he makes those decisions, if you know that's where you're supposed to be, God sent you there, then it's going to be easier for you to submit to his authority, his or her authority, okay? And that's what you really want. You, You want, it's for your safety, it's for your good to be where God wants you to be, and then you know that you're in the right spot. Then when that pastor, you know, says, "Well, I think we need to go this way. We need to do that. That sort of thing. You, you know, uh, we're going to make a little adjustment with the church here. We're gonna we're gonna make a little adjustment there. I, again, not violating the scripture. But just you know, uh, uh, you know, there's pastors that they're going to paint the walls, you know, a different color, and people will get just Unbelievable, spin out of control because he's going to paint them blue instead of green. I mean, unbelievable. Uh, but, you know, find out where you're supposed to be. And then when the pastor, or hey, here's something else. If you're really where God tells you to, if you're really at that place God tells you to be, the pastor is going to preach messages that's going to encourage you, uplift you, uh, all of that. He's also sometimes going to, if he's a real man of God, going to preach messages once in a while that are going to step on your toes. Now it's when those messages come out and there's disagreement, you know, in in your thinking and your heart here. Oh, I don't just, I don't agree with that. I don't like that. Now we find out whether or not you're really submitted to your pastor and then ultimately if he's set there by God, we'll find out if you're really submitted to God and we'll know then whether or not the devil's going to flee when you resist him. Okay. So find out where you're supposed to go to church and then it, it'll just make this submission thing a whole lot easier because when the pastor says something you don't like or you disagree with, well, then you submit to it and, uh, and then things go better for you. You resist the devil. He'll flee. I remember some, um, Years ago, many, many years ago, way back many years ago. I remember um, after a service, this couple came up to me. And they said, uh, Pastor Terry, we have a deliverance ministry. And uh, what that means is they went around and they'd minister to people and they, you know, cast the devil out of them or, you know, that kind of a thing. And they said, you know. We'd like to uh, come and minister in your church. And just that quick, I, I asked him, I said, who's your pastor? And he looked at her. She looked at him. He looked at her. She looked at him. He looked at her. She looked at him. They couldn't give me an answer. Well, what did they just tell me? They just told me that they're not submitted to godly authority. And remember this, you cannot exercise authority until you're submitted to authority. You can't exercise godly authority unless you're submitted to godly authority. You remember, submit to God, then resist the devil, and then he'll flee. Well, these people couldn't tell me who their pastor was. They didn't have I. I mean, I talked with them a little bit. They didn't have a pastor. They didn't have a local church that they were traveling out of. They weren't submitted to anybody. And I and I probed them a little bit on it. And then ultimately, because they, they didn't have a pastor, they couldn't answer the question who their pastor was. I probed them a little bit. and they, they said, well, we don't have a pastor, but we're submitted to God. No, you're not. Absolutely no, you're not. Come on now. You can't be submitted to God unless you are submitted to your pastor. It's just that simple, okay? So they didn't have a pastor, so they did—they weren't submitted to God. And the devil—they had to deliverance. It's, it's hilarious because they had a supposed deliverance ministry. Well, they're not submitted to any kind of uh, of authority. What does the Bible say? Submit to God, resist the devil; he'll flee. The devil's not going to flee from them. Absolutely not. I, I didn't have them come in my church. Absolutely not. I, I mean, they could come sitting in the chairs and 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 visit, but they're not getting up in my pulpit and saying anything. Absolutely not. They're not submitted to authority. They're gonna. They're not. They'll, they could resist the devil all day, try to cast him out of somebody all they could resist the devil all day. Try to cast him out of somebody all day long. Devil's not going anywhere when those people resist. That couple resists the devil. He's not going anywhere. He's not going to flee. Why? Because they weren't submitted to godly authority. You see? They weren't submitted. No submission. And so I, I was nice to him. And I said, I said, no, I said, you you don't have a pastor. I said, I I, you know, I, I, before I'd ever let you minister in my church, I'd need to get to know you first of all. And that takes time. And then I'd need a good pastoral reference. And they didn't have, have one. So you see, you see, see the structure here, how it's set up. I mean, the way God set, sets things up, it, I mean, it, 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 it was really a protection to me. Well, I, and again, I wouldn't let them come and preach in my church because I didn't know them, but, but, if if they can't tell me who their pastor is, and I can't call their pastor to find out, you know, uh, you know, a recommendation on them, you know, the point is they weren't submitted to godly authority. The devil's not going to flee when he's resisted by them. Okay. Now, of course, that begs the question: Pastor Terry, you know, who are you submitted to? Well, I'm glad you asked. Um, our church is submitted to uh, uh, RMAI, Rama Ministerial Association International. It's a worldwide ministry out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. And that's where my wife and I, uh, it's called Rama Bible Training Center, or now I guess it's Rama Bible Training College. My wife and I attended there and we hold our ministerial papers uh, with that organization. My wife and I do, we're both licensed uh, she's licensed. I'm an ordained minister. I'm licensed and ordained. And uh, uh, but uh, we, our church holds its papers with uh, uh, Rayma Bible Church, and 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 Di- Diane, my wife, and I, we hold our papers with uh, 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 Rayma Ministerial Association International. We're submitted to the people that run those organizations, or that one organization. It's same organization. And so we're, we've submitted ourselves to that organization. It's a good, godly, wonderful, uh, worldwide organization. And so, uh, so that's, uh, that's who our church and my wife and I are submitted to. Now, you know, um, I've often said this and the Lord's corrected me. You know, I have a I have a uh, like a, a, a diploma or like, well, let's just say a, or, an ordination license that uh, uh, that I have from that organization. And I used to say over the years, well, you know, I've got and I didn't say it disrespectfully, but I said, you know, I've got this license here, um, this ordination certificate. And, I, and And I said, but the devil's not afraid of afraid of that. In that piece of paper you know i mean but the lord corrected me on that now now listen true the devil is not afraid of that piece of paper that that ordination license okay the devil's not afraid of that piece of paper but think about what that piece of paper represents and here's where the lord corrected me that piece of paper represents that i am under authority that that my church, my wife, who pastors the church with me, she and I are under authority. Okay. And our church is under authority of this this Rhema Bible Church and Rhema Ministerial Association International and the people that run that. We that that so the devil's not afraid of that piece of paper, but that piece, but he is afraid of what that piece of paper represents. It represents that we've come under authority. And that we're submitted to that authority, and that is what the devil is afraid of, is that that submission to that authority, and therefore when we resist the devil, he has to flee. And we've watched him 25 years of pastor, and we've watched him flee a lot. The main way we've watched him flee is through uh, people get healed by the power of God. We have seen in our church. Over 25 years, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people healed by the power of God. Now, sickness is of the devil. So when people get healed, that's the devil fleeing. Okay. Uh, All right. And so uh, uh, we've watched the devil flee as we've resisted him in the name of Jesus. Okay. Now, has everybody gotten healed? No. But, but not everybody got healed in Jesus's ministry either. You can read that in the Bible, but I tell you what, we've resisted the devil a whole lot and and he's, he is, he has fled now. So why did he flee all the time? Well, there's a lot of reasons for that, which I don't have time to get into here right now. Uh, takes, take too long. do, do a whole series on that on, on healing, which I may teach on, on, on healing here before too long. We'll just see how the Lord leads. But, uh, but we're submitted, my wife and I, our church, to godly authority. So the devil flees when we resist him. Now, uh, go on, go to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 3. And I want to say this, <clears throat> because this needs to be said to protect people. Spiritual leaders, pastors, you know, should not be dictators should not, 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 should not be dictators. Pastors shouldn't be dictators. First Peter 5 verse 3 says this, <clears throat> is speaking to pastors. Nor is being lords over those entrusted to you. See, God has entrusted people to every pastor. and And he's saying here that we're not supposed to be lords over those people like lords and masters. Most people have been entrusted to us. We're to love them and care for them, okay, and nurture them, okay? And uh, But nor is being lords over those entrusted to you. So a pastor shouldn't act like a dictator, like a dictatorial boss, okay? He needs to be a leader. There's times he needs to be firm, sure, and people need to be submitted to that, of course, but a pastor is not supposed to act like a lord and a master and 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 try to run people's lives. It says here, uh, but but rather a pastor is supposed to be an example to the flock. Okay. I believe a pastor, the greatest example that he can be to his flock or the people that attend his church is to be to be a humble man. The Bible says of Moses, who I guess, you know, next to the Lord Jesus Christ, who who Jesus is God, so you know, Moses wasn't God, but he Moses was uh probably the best example maybe of a pastor in the Bible, and it's interesting the Bible says he was the meekest man in all the earth now meek doesn't mean weak, meek there means humble he was the most humble man in all the earth. See that's what a pastor is supposed to be an example of to the flock a a, a person of humility, okay. Doesn't mean that the pastor can't be firm. Moses was firm at times. He, he even lost his temper, flew off the handle here and there. I, well, he did. I mean, when he broke the Ten Commandments, he was angry with the people. Remember that? But he threw the commandments down and they broke. I mean, and you see where his temper got hot there. I think when he when he was supposed to speak to the rock, he, he smote the rock, he hit the rock, you know, he shouldn't have done that. But but the point is, he wasn't perfect, but he was an example of humility. And, and you know, uh, he had a dickens of a time getting those people to submit to him, Moses. But again, the point here, we should be examples as pastors of humility. Okay. Now, let me just read from my notes here in the time I have left. Being a spiritual leader, such as a pastor, is not about power, but rather about responsibility. Uh, whenever you hear a, a leader say, you know, when, when when he's done something, maybe even out certainly outlandish, and uh um, I like what one guy told me years ago. I love this guy. He's in heaven now. He he was on my, my board, you know, and he sat in the office one time and he's a much older fella. Nice man, wonderful man. And he got a little he got a little flustered. He said he said, you have a board, pastor, Terry, and I'm on it, but you don't really need to have one because you don't ever do anything outlandish. <laughs> he said, you don't ever do anything for me to correct. Well, that doesn't mean I'm not, I'm not fallible. I am, and I've made mistakes and I've messed things up, certainly. But that was, I took that as a compliment coming from that man that, well, anyway, I thought, I thought that was, that was a nice, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but I, I thought that was that something that blessed me coming from him. But, but when a pastor does something out, you know, outlandish, and they use this verse in the Old Testament, "Touch not my anointed," uh, you know, you got to watch that. When people start doing out, when pastors start doing outlandish things, and and good, legitimate people start questioning it, there's nothing wrong. You know, if a pastor does something outlandish, for good, legitimate people to question it. Frankly, I've watched pastors over the years do some outlandish things that were just they started trying to rule people's lives and run people's lives and I've watched men around them who knew they were doing outlandish things and those men would never call that pastor in privately and speak to him and they'd just let that pastor run rampant over his church and those those men elders deacons whatever you want to call them they 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 would I know some situations I've I've watched some situations. I've talked to some people about these things over the years, and and I've, I've even lovingly questioned people. You know, even after the fact. You know, the years gone by, and why didn't you question that person, that pastor? He was ruining people's lives, hurting people's lives. And they say, well, we just wanted to walk in love. Well, yeah, you want to walk in love, but if you see somebody that's tearing a pastor, that's tearing people's wives up and, and you you're an authority under that pastor and you don't at least call him in and talk to him about it you let him run roughshod over to people I mean that's that's not good okay but but that being said uh, and, and you know like 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 Saul remember King Saul he was goofed up and David. You know, David had a lot of, King David had a lot of chances before he was king to knock Saul off, you know, but he 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 respected that office that Saul, he, he may not have had a lot of respect for Saul necessarily, but he, he called him God's anointed and he respected that office that Saul stood in. And so there's great truth in that. I'm not saying that, you know, that, that when a pastor is doing things out beyond the word of God and running people's lives. I'm not saying that he shouldn't still be respected and and all of that, but if there's people around watching somebody tear somebody's life up and not just I'm, I'm tearing well one life is too much to tear up, but tear up, but just he's got this 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 uh, uh, where, where he's just tearing people's lives up one right after the other. It's it's incumbent upon somebody that has some sort of authority there under that pastor to pull that pastor aside and say, look, this has got to stop. And when that per- those people don't do that, and just let a pastor go on and ruin people's lives. One right after the other, year after year after year. And, and not only the people, but their children. It's, it, it's beyond me. So, you know, if a pastor is operating in good godly authority, a good godly person should have no problem being submitted to that person see this years ago in the 70s there was a shepherding movement i think it, it it was called and the pastor would tell people where to buy their cars what houses they should buy or you know uh you know what job they should take or what kind of clothes they should wear i mean that's ridiculous that's not what this subject of submission to authority is all about uh so you got to be careful of that uh, remember, I don't care if me or anybody else ask you to violate the word of God. Uh, <clears throat> don't do it. OK. Uh, you know, rely on the Holy Spirit and uh, and, and the leading of the spirit. And uh, if people are pastors are, are asking you to do things outside of the word of God, you don't you don't follow what they say. I was thinking about this one guy back in the 70s. Jim Jones was his name. You may or may not remember him, but he is, he's crazy. And uh, he wound up, uh, I, I think he took his people. They followed him to Guyana, I think in South America. And they had a compound there. And right at the end of it, uh, he served out uh, a poisonous Kool-Aid. And his whole, I guess, hundreds of people drank the Kool-Aid. And they all died. It was a cult. You know, I studied into him a little bit one time and, you know, long before they ever got to drink in the Kool-Aid, if you look at that man's ministry in his life, Jim Jones, long before the Kool-Aid, the poisonous Kool-Aid was ever served. This man, let me just read from my notes. He he was so off doctrinally. He was He was teaching that he was the reincarnation of Gandhi, Jesus, Buddha and Lenin. I mean, now right there, when somebody starts teaching stuff like that, you know, okay, you might say, well, he's God's, he's God's anointed, let's respect, well, you could respect the office, but my gosh, when somebody's saying stuff like that, dear friends, it's time to, it's time you go talk to them and say, hey, you don't you realize what you're teaching here? This is totally out of line with the word of God. I can't follow somebody that's, thinks he's a reincarnation of Jesus come on and if they won't listen to you then you only there's only one thing you can do is you have to leave you get you just have to leave simple as that you got to get away from that kind of stuff but the point is is that long before he started serving poisonous Kool-Aid he was so off doctrinally that 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 people should have left him and ran as far away from him as they could get and that kool-aid incident would have never even happened because nobody would have been following him see so so find out who your pastor is and, and 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 get under a good godly leader but the point i'm trying to say here is is that um a lot of times pastors abuse their, abuse their authority and they get off and it just, it's a, it's just a mess and it wrecks people's lives. And, and, uh, uh, you know, one other thing I've noticed, there's a lot of spiritual leaders out there. They're not as extreme as that Jim Jones serving the Kool-Aid, the poisonous Kool-Aid, but yet they're just not good godly authority. I, I mean, um, they can be very manipulative Especially if you've ever watched any Christian television. There's some, there's some good Christian television. But there's a whole lot of it that just isn't. Sad to say. And uh, uh like the Bible says here, Second 2 Corinthians 2:17, 2, New Living Translation, Paul says, You see, we're not like the many hucksters who preach for personal profit. We preach the word of God with sincerity. And with Christ's authority, knowing that God is watching us, you got to be watchful of people that are preachers, that are just they make an emphasis and a pull on money. Be watchful about that. Nothing wrong with a minister receiving an offering. But when they you know what I'm talking about, they're promising you the world with a fence around it. If you'll give money to their ministry and you'll give money to them, all these wonderful things are going to happen to you. But, you know there's a truth in sowing certainly great truth sowing and reaping and blessing and giving and god blessing you back and there's a lot of good ministers that you know on tv and media and you know you give money to them and and god will bless you but i tell you what there's there's a whole bunch of them that is just a mess and they're trying to you know uh manipulate to get your money you don't need to be sending money to them you don't need to but but it's 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 just they're manipulative and it's it and it's very sad. Okay. Um, you need to know this. Sometimes pastors preachers will try to manipulate with uh, praise and disappointment. I've even seen ministers where the congregation was not doing what he wanted done. He would come out and say, "Thus saith the Lord," and he'd use the the supposed. Supposedly, he was using the gift of prophecy, trying to get people. The people wouldn't listen to what he was doing because it was so outlandish, and the leaders around him wouldn't wouldn't speak up privately to him and do anything about it. And so he, when you know, the pastor'd come out there, and and he. I saw one one time he wanted a certain lady to work in his nursery and she wouldn't do it. And so he came out in a service and said, thus saith the Lord. God says to that lady publicly, he said it to her, you're supposed to work in the nursery. Now, God doesn't operate that way, dear friends. That, was, that wasn't God speaking. That was manipulation. Okay. And uh, I could tell you one story like that. And they, <laughs> they get progressively more bizarre as they go of some of the things I've seen and and people just sit there and, and just, 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 just take it and just let people run roughshod over it. See, that's not what this is all about. See, there are, why am I teaching on this? Because you need to realize there are ministers out there who abuse their authority. And, uh, and they will even go so far as to quote unquote, say, the Lord told them certain things. You see that on some Christian television. They'll they'll say, "Oh, God just spoke to me that this this so-called blessing anointing is going to be going you know running here for the next you know until we go off the air." Hey, God didn't speak to them. No, He didn't. That's not how God operates. I, you know how you you know how you can be blessed. Find you some good. Find you your good church where you're supposed to be. Find good pastor. Hook in there, be a tither, be a giver, do it over time. Find you, find you a good television minister. Sure, send them money. That's that's wonderful. Over time, God will bless you. But you know, you gotta watch this, 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 this spiritual leadership that's out of whack. See, you know, I'm teaching this to try to be protective to you. See, submitting to good godly authority is one thing, but submitting to some of the things that 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 are out there is another, okay? And, uh, and so you need to follow the Spirit of God. And when some of these guys go in there and they start trying to get your money or they start telling you to do outlandish things or crazy stuff or whatever. If it doesn't line up with this holy book and if it's, if it's in violation of, 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 of your Spirit of God is, is leading you on the inside, then you don't need to follow it. Uh, uh, um, and much more we could say. By the way, when you pick a church, you don't pick a church. You let God pick it for you. You don't go to a church because I've had people say, well, we're going to such and such church. I say, why? Well, our family goes there. Our friends go there. Hey, they might go there, but that might not be where your pastor is. Your pastor will have what you need to hear on a weekly basis from the Lord. Now, listen, you can hear from God for yourself. You don't need a pastor to do that for you. But I'll tell you this: There's only some things you're going to get from God through your pastor, okay? And so, so you can hear from God for yourself, all right? But, but you you need to be where God wants you because there's some things He's only going to be able to get to through to you through your pastor, okay? And uh, 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 so you don't go to a church, pick a church based on family, friends, or programs, or I well, I like the pretty music or whatever the case might be. You go where God tells you to go. And before you go there, you need to find out what does that church believe. And you need to have some idea uh, uh, what they believe. And you need to realize, are they submitted? I mean, you need to, you know, there's a lot of people go to church. They don't even, they go there. Well, my family goes there. My friends go there. Well, what does that church believe? I don't know. I go there because my my friends go there. Well, first of all, your friend's pastor isn't going to have the word of God for you that you need to hear. Your pastor is but you got to go somewhere where, where that you got to at least know what they believe. Who knows? They could, they could believe all, any kind of crazy thing. You got to find out what, or what they believe. Okay. About the Bible. And, uh, and, and I, I mean, it, it's just, uh, and you need to know, are they, is that church where you're going? Is that pastor? Are they submitted to anybody? You know? Are they submitted to anyone you need to you need to have some idea about that now, let me just tell you this: I've had people come in my office over the years and they'll sit down and they'll say, "Well, we're trying to pick a church, and we want to know who you're submitted to and 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 I'll tell them and then they'll say well but 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 and then they'll want names of the people in in our church that and that you know that 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 that's like on our board so to speak and then and, and almost like they want to do a secret service background check on them. And I have found this over the years when there's nothing wrong. You need to know if where you're going to church, who they're submitted to, what they're submitted to, like we're submitted to RMAI. And I told you that, but when I've had people come in, they, wouldn't like, they want like name, rank, and serial number of everybody that that's over me and this and that and the other. And you know what I found about those people, every last one of them, they weren't worth a hoot as a church member. There's a difference between Hey, Pastor Terry, are you submitted to any godly authority? That's fine. You need to do that. But every time I've had people come in and they want name, rank, and serial number of everybody that's over me, I found this. They just want to find somebody in that church that they can go to to exercise leverage over me if I say something or preach something they don't like. They've never been, not a one of them has ever been worth a hoot. They've all left disgruntled and caused problems. Enough said on that. Find out from God where you're supposed to go. Visit around, and then let the Spirit of God. You know, if you're looking for a church, visit around, and then and then let the Spirit of God lead you with that peace versus no peace, and then get in there under that pastor and be submitted to him. Okay. Now I'm not. Now you people coming to Summit Church, you're you've already done that. But I'm talking. There's a lot of people listening that they they're not even going to church, or they might be going somewhere where they haven't done these things, and you need to find out where God wants you to be and be there now. Let me close by saying this. I got just um, a little bit over right now, but let me just close this up. Uh, I want to share this with you real quick, and then we'll close. Uh, In number 16, there's a situation, and I'm not sharing this to scare you, but I think it's a sobering thing, how seriously God takes this submission to spiritual leaders. It has to do with Moses, and there was this man named Korah, and he conspired with these three other guys. And in number 16, verse two, New Living Translation, they incited a rebellion against Moses, along with 250 other leaders of the community, all prominent members of the assembly. And they united against Moses and Aaron, that was Moses's brother, and said, you've gone too far. The whole community of Israel has been set apart by the Lord, and he is with all of us. What right do you have to act as though you're greater than the rest of the Lord's people? They questioned his authority. And long story short, see, and they didn't do it in a good and a right way. I'm convinced if if Korah would have went in and sat down with Moses and talked to him, it the story didn't have to end the way we're going to see that it ends. But he didn't do that. He had a disagreement with Moses. He got disgruntled. He went and he got these other guys and three other guys, and then they got 250 other prominent people, and they led a rebellion up against Moses, and it came and hit hit him from behind, you know, behind his back, Moses from behind his back. That's, that's, that's it. See, nothing wrong with going and talking to a pastor. If you can't go and legitimately, lovingly question your pastor to his face in private and talk to him, then there's something wrong. I, I want people to do that at Summit Church. If, if, if there's something you disagree with, you don't understand, you... Come in, talk to my wife and I will be happy to talk. And you know what? I've had people do that over the years. And almost every single time I've explained why I was doing what I was doing. And oh, that's, that's great. But, but you know, you, you any pastor is going to deal with this. You have a lot of times you have people. Sometimes you have people. They'll do just what, what Cora, Cora did here that they, they won't come to your face and talk to you. They'll go and get everybody and their brother and try to cause, cause problems. It's sad. Happens to all pastors. There's, hey, pastor, you're a young guy out there. You're starting the ministry, going into ministry. It's it's going to happen to you too. It happens to everybody. Happened to Moses. Okay, it's happened to me. Happens to everybody. Okay, um, but if Korah would have just went in and talked to Moses face to face, I it didn't have to happen what happened here. But so so he led a rebellion against Moses. They had a showdown. Verse thirty one. Moses had barely finished speaking, watch this, the ground suddenly split open beneath Korah and all these people, the earth opened its mouth and swallowed these people along with their households, their followers, they were standing with them, everything they owned. they went down alive into the grave along with their belongings, the earth closed over them and they all vanished from among the people of Israel. And I don't say that with a happy heart that the rebellious got, you know, squashed here or or, you know what I'm trying to say they went under sad what it is it's tragic it's sad it's very sad but the point is God now this is an extreme case okay uh, but the point here is is God is that he doesn't put up with he doesn't like rebelliousness against people he has set an authority not sharing this to scare anybody But did you know this submission, if there's a lack of it, it will always lead to departure? That's what happened here. Korah wouldn't submit to Moses' authority. The people there with Korah wouldn't submit, and it caused a departure, didn't it? They went under. I mean, in a big way, literally. But, you know, Barnabas and Saul. Remember, Barnabas wasn't, uh, I say Saul, Paul. Paul, you know, his name was Saul, but became Paul when he got saved. Barnabas wouldn't submit to Paul. There was a departure. It's, you know what it's going to really be, and I've watched this over the years. It's going to be submission or departure. Submission or departure. The devil was unsubmitted to God. There was a departure. And remember this: the devil is behind all lack of submission and rebellion to godly authority. You know, I think about this, and I'm, I'm almost done here with this subject of the. I'm almost done here, but the subject of these masks, wearing these masks. It really, if nothing else, it has really uh, uh, provided an avenue whereby we can see who's willing to submit to godly authority and not. The mask wearing with this COVID 19, you know, as I've told you in previous sessions, I had to decide, am I going to be submitted to godly authority to the governmental structure and wear them, you know, as they've prescribed? And I decided to do that. But now, will people. You know under me what 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 are they gonna do and 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 I've heard of situations here in the United States where 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 you know a pastor made a similar decision to what I made you know we're gonna follow the bible follow you know governmental authority they're not asking us to violate the word of God by wearing a mask you know so but pastors have done that like I've done and they've and i i there's situations where people have told their pastor. We're not going to wear a mask. Period. Absolutely. We're we're in a position of volunteer we volunteer and they've asked that the government has asked us to wear a mask. Pastor Pastor whoever it is has asked us to wear a mask and by crockies we're not going to wear we're no we're not going to do it. Well guess what that person just told me? They told me that they're not submitted to pastoral authority. They're not submitted to godly authority. So when the devil resists them, I'm sorry, when they resist the devil, the devil doesn't have to flee. Something, isn't it? And by the way, if you're a pastor out there listening to me and you're dealing with a similar situation, you know, to what I just described, let me read from my notes and I'll stop. Good godly authority will let the unsubmitted leave without incident without drawing attention to them. Good godly authority will not say to the unsubmitted, what can we do to appease your rebellious heart so that you will stay? Let them go, wish them well, and sad to say, they'll just take that rebellion along with them to another church. But one thing's for sure. People that say, you know, I will not wear a mask. They've just told me they're not submitted to pastoral authority. If they're pastor ask them to do that while they're serving as a volunteer, you know. And they're saying I'm not submitted to, they're not submitted to governmental authority. They're not submitted to what what God, who God told them to be submitted to. So they're not submitted to God. And when they resist the devil, the devil will not flee. Hey, this is sober and stuff, isn't it? Sober and stuff. Hey, I need to stop right here. I'm way over my time, but uh, I think it was some good stuff and I think it'd be helpful to you. Uh, next week, we're going to conclude this series with the big gun of them all. Big gun of them all, husbands and wives. This is this is probably one of the biggest areas that I've seen in my years of ministry, really over 35 years now, of why the devil doesn't flee is is uh, this, this thing of, Husbands and wives and the submission thing, and I've got a lot to say about it next week. And uh, don't think I'm going to just center in on the wives. I've got the Bible really has more to say about the husband being what he ought to be uh, than it really does about the wife being submitted. But uh, but we'll get into all that next Wednesday. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being with me. And uh, we'll pick up uh, on Sunday at our church building, ten o'clock Summit Church, Fenton. And uh, we'll be there continuing to talk about the blessing of the Lord. And then next week, we'll continue with this right here. God bless you. And go out and enjoy that weather, okay? If you live in the St. Louis metro area, it's it's really nice out there for this time of the year. Okay, remember that Jesus loves you. and uh, and And I love you too. I really, really do. Okay, we'll catch you next time. All right, bye-bye.